Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In the previous program, I was talking about Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. This is what I was explaining in the previous program, that people may sit around and ask each other things like, so now, have you you've been circumcised? Or, or do, you, uh, do you observe the dietary laws? Or do you uh, observe the festivals? Or do you this or do you that? Without recognizing or even really considering the importance of the love of God being manifested within and through an individual. They're preoccupied with people's flesh, with their own flesh and with others' flesh. People are preoccupied with flesh, trying to get people's flesh under control, not realizing that there is a God who is working in this world in such a way that he is revealing who he is to those who want to know who he is. Who cares about the activity of the flesh when you can compare that with the revelation of who God is as a person. To me, there simply is no reasonable comparison. Now, when Paul was writing this letter to the Galatians, the Galatians were faced with people who were coming from Jerusalem to tell them that they needed to live a life of obedience to the Mosaic Law. And of course, it doesn't matter whether it's the ceremonial law or the moral law or the criminal law or whether it is part of the law or the entire law or any other law for that matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the only thing that really has any value whatsoever is our response to the truth that God has revealed to us. Our response to that truth and this response being reflected within and through us in such a way that the love of God is revealed, that the love of God is manifested. Now, as I explained in previous programs, I believe that the maturity of a believer can easily be measured, first and foremost, by their discovery of what they have in Christ Jesus. But then they're applying what they have in Christ Jesus in their daily life. Now, of course, the first thing that a person needs to understand about what they have in Christ Jesus is, is that they have forgiveness. And that we are to live our lives now in light of the forgiveness that we have. 
if we will live our lives with the forgiveness that we have, then we will engage the world with the forgiveness that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. And there will be an opportunity at some point in our life experience, I really believe that this will occur in everyone's life who is an individual that rests in the forgiveness of God, that there will come a point, there will come an opportunity when you will forgive someone with the forgiveness that you have received. So you have trusted in the forgiveness that was given to you You have expressed your faith in that by living your life in light of that forgiveness. And the love that has been manifested within and through you became real when you forgave someone else with the forgiveness that had been given to you. That is faith working through love. Now, the people who were from Jerusalem lived in a completely different way. They did not live on the basis of what they had in Christ Jesus. Oh, no. They lived on the basis of the law, which means that they lived their life with the expectation that one day through their repentance and their obedience, God would bless them in some way and that that would be what they would then have to live by. They would live with the blessings that they achieved or that they earned in some way due to their repentance and obedience. And what I want to explain by saying this is the fact that there is no way, there is no way that an individual who is living their life according to the law, there's no way that they are ever going to know the forgiveness of God or the love of God like I've just described. It simply will not happen. It's not possible for it to happen because the law holds an individual in bondage to keep them from truly experiencing that. So these people who were coming from Jerusalem, did they have faith working through love? No, they did not. It was not possible. What they did have was faith working through works. That's possible. That's easy. Faith working through works is trivial. All you need to know is the specific works that perhaps you could do the list of things that you can do, and of course the list of things that you should not be doing, the works are defined by the law. You've got the law. You don't need your God. You don't need Christ Jesus to live according to the works that God described in the law. So these people were expressing their faith through their works. That's what they were doing. They were not expressing their faith through their love because they couldn't have any. Not the love that I'm referring to. Not the love that I'm talking about. Their life, an individual's life of faith expressing itself through works is simple. It's something that can be defined by the law. All you need to do is trust and believe in the law. But for faith to express itself through love, you have to trust and believe in love. You have to have faith in love instead of having faith in works. But for that, you have to know your God. There is no, there is no way around it. Now again, if you are under the law, if you are living your life according to the law, you cannot know the love of God, not even the love of God as it is expressed through forgiveness, because you still have not rested in the complete forgiveness of sins. 
If you will rest in the complete forgiveness of sins, then you will let go of the law. But if you are still hanging on to the law, there's no way you're going to be able to rest in the complete forgiveness of sins. And this is why. Because your God still holds something against you. Something. And if he does, then that means in that small way, he has not forgiven you. And so by default, you do not know the true forgiveness of God. That's what I mean. So you have individuals who are coming out of Jerusalem telling these people that they need to express their faith through their works and not through love because that's what they know. That's what they understand. They've never truly encountered the living God in this way. Now, for the Apostle Paul to say this, for him to say this tells me that the people in Galatia knew at least something about this. They must have known something about this, especially considering chapter 5, verse 1, when he said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. That tells me that they knew at one time what it meant to be under bondage, either through their own philosophical or religious law that was separated from Moses, or perhaps they were people who were once part of the synagogue and became believers after that. They could easily have been Gentiles who converted to Judaism, and then when Paul went to the synagogue to speak with the people about the Messiah, many people believed, and that's where many of his followers came from, was from the local synagogues. And so he could very well be referring to at least some individuals by saying what he has said here in verse 1. But what I really want you to understand is the fact that these people knew the difference. They knew the difference between faith working through works and faith working through love. I believe, I really do believe that they would know something about the difference because they would have experienced something about the revelation of the love of God in light of forgiveness that sets us free from the law. They were just simply confused by these people who were coming from Jerusalem, who apparently were impressive in some way. But these people who were coming from Jerusalem, would they know the difference? No, I don't think so. And so for Paul to say this, if he said this to those people who knew nothing about the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, who know nothing about the forgiveness of God, who know nothing about the purpose of the law and the freedom that we now have from it, who know nothing about the differences between the Old and the New Covenant, would they have any idea what he's talking about by saying faith working through love? Not a chance. There is no way. Now, they might acknowledge the truth if the Holy Spirit dwells within them. The Holy Spirit may speak to them and say what was just said is true, and they may confirm that. But That's as far as it could go. That's as far as they could possibly go. They could acknowledge the truth, but they would have no concept of the substance of it. No concept of that. No understanding of that. Folks, I deal with people like this today all the time. There is an abundance of people around us everywhere who live in the same way as these people from Jerusalem lived. Maybe not to the extent they may not be as sincere or as devoted as these people were in Jerusalem, but they're pretty close. You know, they're, they're kind of trying. They're trying to be holy. They're trying to be right. They're trying to do the right things. They're trying to make sure that they don't do the wrong things. Those kinds of people. And when I talk to them about faith working through love as opposed to faith working through works, many people will acknowledge that what I'm saying is true, but they have no understanding The acknowledgement is one thing, but they have no understanding of what it really means, of the reality of it. And the reason why is because they have never experienced the love of God personally, not in that, not in that way, not in the way that I'm describing. 
So if I was to say to them, listen, I want to show you my faith through the love that is manifested in my life, through the patience and the kindness and the self-control and the not keeping records of wrongs, things like that. I want to show you that the love of God is revealed within and through me. You think that that would mean anything to them? It, you would you would hope that it would, but I can tell you it means absolutely nothing. It's like speaking a language that they have no way of understanding. It means absolutely nothing. But if I tell them I'm going to show you my faith through my works, oh yeah, they can understand that. I can talk about all the people who have their lives changed as a result of the labor that I am involved in. I can tell them about all the people who have benefited from my generosity and charity and things like that. They can understand things like that. But they cannot understand the manifestation of the living God, the very being of who he is. They cannot understand what that is and what I'm talking about there. There is no way that they can possibly comprehend that. You've got to see this. The reason why I think you've got to see this is because I'm going to tell you something very, very important. What you've got to understand is that there are people who are all around you, and you might be one of these people, but there are people who are all around us who have this attitude of we've got to show them our faith. We've got to demonstrate to them that we have faith that is acceptable, acceptable to them, that our faith has got to be approved of by them. And there are people who come to us quite often who speak to us with that kind of an attitude that we have to approve of them, that they can come and show us their faith, that they can demonstrate to us all the things that they do, all the activities that they are involved in, all of the sin that they don't commit or no longer commit, and then somehow we're supposed to be impressed. Is that really what fellowship is for? Is that what fellowship is about? It's about people coming together in order to have the opportunity to show off. Is that what it is? So that we can show off. We can show off our faith. We can go around and tell each other what we're doing or what we're not doing. And somehow people are supposed to be impressed. Is, is that really what the Christian life is about? Is that what it's really about? You know what? For a lot of people it is. It really is. That's what people get together for. They get together for the purpose of showing off. You know, people give these testimonies, for example, that sound to me more like bragamonies instead of testimonies. They're not testifying of Christ. They're bragging about themselves. You know, there is a place and an opportunity for people to testify of what the Lord has done within and through them. Make no mistake about that. I don't have a problem telling people about the work that I'm doing or the work that God is doing within and through me. I am not ashamed of the work of God. But what I think people should be ashamed of is this idea that they are going to demonstrate their faith by their works. That's something to be ashamed of. I don't tell people about the works that are experienced within and through me as a way of justifying my faith or as a way of proving my faith. I have no interest in that. Who are they that I should speak to them in that way as if I have to defend what I believe or why? And who are they to speak to me as though I should defend what I believe or why? And who are they to speak to me as if I have any interest in how they are able to manage their flesh? Like I really have a real interest in that. I don't care about these things because these things are nothing in comparison with the love of God being manifested within and through us, within and through the people who trust and depend on what he has done. 
and on what he is now doing. That's the difference. Now, for people who live by their works and not by his love, for people who live that way, who believe that God relates to them on the basis of their flesh, for those people, they have no way of understanding what verse 6 means. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. They have no way of beginning to understand what that is because they are estranged from Christ. They have fallen from grace, as is described in verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. In verse 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Now, you can you can say this about anything, whether it's circumcision or whether it's observing days or weeks, like he said earlier. It doesn't matter what the law is. It doesn't matter. None of those things mean anything. The only thing that is of value is the revelation of the love of God. That's it. Now, today, what do people do? People come up with all kinds of things. They say, I will show you my faith by, you can just come up with a whole list. I will show you my faith by going to church. I go to church. Haven't you ever talked to somebody about the Lord Jesus and the first thing they say, it seems, the first thing they have to say is, is that, well, yeah, I go to church or I used to go to church or I'm going to church or I'm thinking about going. What the, what does that have to do with anything? This idea of going to church. I'll tell you what it has to do with. It has to do with the fact that people are trying to show their faith by their works and going to church is a work. It's an opportunity for them to live by their works. And let me tell you, you can stick that into verse 6 and easily say, for in Christ Jesus, neither going to church or not going to church avails anything. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. What are you going to do there? You're going to stand around? You're going to sit around and hear a bunch of lies? Is that is that what you're doing there? Haven't you ever been in a church and asked yourself the question, what am I doing here? I mean, haven't you ever asked yourself that question? Surely you must know exactly what I'm talking about. I've been in so many congregations where I've asked this question of myself. I understand what it means to sit there in the pew or in the chair and be told a bunch of lies so that people can go around telling each other, look, see my faith, I'm here, I went here, I wasted my life, I wasted my money by sitting around here hearing a bunch of lies. Now, of course, there are churches that tell the truth, don't get me wrong, but unfortunately, there is a significant number, a huge number of leaders, of people who are speaking in congregations who simply are not telling the truth. And if you listen to my programs for long enough, I think you'll be able to distinguish and discern what I mean by that. How else do people try to show their faith? They do things like paying their tithes, right? I've had people tell me that. They tell me, you know, one of the great things about being a Christian, one of the great things about being able to go to church is being able to give my tithes. Well, what does that have to do with anything? Again, verse 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither giving your tithes nor not giving your tithes avails anything but faith working through love, volunteering in the church, Going to your evangelism class and learning how to do evangelism, putting bumper stickers on your cars, giving to the poor, living your life without sin. These are various ways that people try to work in order to demonstrate their faith. Now, of course, there is nothing wrong with contributing to the work of God. 
There is nothing wrong with volunteering in the church. There's nothing wrong with going to an evangelism class and learning how to share your faith and actually going out and doing it. There's nothing wrong with bumper stickers. There's nothing wrong with giving to the poor. My point in saying that and enlisting these things in a program like this is to explain to you that there are people who express their faith through these works and this is their way of hiding. This is their way of hiding from the love of God by being able to hide behind their works. Now, being able to distinguish between an individual who is doing these things out of the love of God working in their heart or out of the energy of their flesh, being able to distinguish between these two things, for the most part, is of no importance. It's of no importance at all. There's no reason for us to be going around trying to figure out whether people have the right motive or not. Who cares about these things? One thing I can tell you, though, is that if you, if you know the love of God, if you know him personally, then when you see the love of God manifested within and through individuals as they go to church, as they volunteer there, as they go out and tell people about Jesus, as they put bumper stickers on their car and give to the, you know, as people do these things, if you know the love of God, he will give you the discernment to see If that individual is doing these things out of the love of God, or if they are doing these things out of their works, out of their exercise of trying to demonstrate their faith, he will give you the discernment. But those who do not know the love of God won't be able to tell the difference. They they won't know. There's no way that they're going to be able to possibly comprehend that it is or it is not. But those who know the difference can perhaps discern the two if the Lord is gracious enough to reveal such a thing. And if he does, then that's something that I believe is personal between him and the person who he revealed that to. But do you understand what I'm saying? I want you to understand what I'm saying. I want you to clearly see that these things mean nothing. These activities mean nothing, or the lack of the activity means nothing. The only thing that truly matters is the love of God. We must respond We must believe and trust in the love that he has for us because he will transform who we are from the inside through that. We have a need to be loved by him. If we are loved by him, he will fulfill the needs of our hearts. And when he does, then there will be change. There will be transformation. We will become a different person as a result of him, his person, being within us and relating to us and giving to us what we truly need as creations that he has made. Then certainly there will be an effect. There will be a transformation. This is what I'm after. This is what I want to see for myself personally. But then these other people, you know, these other people who simply know nothing about it and probably never will, These people are bothering, disturbing, interfering with those who have the privilege and the opportunity to experience this. And so Paul gets bold. He gets very bold and he's very direct. As you continue to read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 7, he said, You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. In verse 9, he uses a word, leaven. He uses the word that would have meaning to those who know the law. He uses this word in order to say just a little bit of it, 
just a little bit of it will cause destruction in your life. Now, this word has distinctive meaning. It is directly related to the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The day of preparation that God declared was a day that you would go throughout your entire house and you would remove anything that would have any yeast in it or perhaps any yeast on it. You would remove all the yeast, the leaven, out of your house completely before the Passover meal. What did that leaven represent? What did that yeast represent? It represented sin. It was a symbolic representation of sin. Where does sin come from? Where does it come from? It comes from the law. It is the law that stirs up sin. There is nothing wrong with the law. The law is not sinful. It's not sinful. The law is perfect. It is holy and good. But when we are exposed to it, when it is in our lives, it doesn't matter how much there is, it will stir up sin. That is how God created us. If you have an automobile and you put water in the gas tank instead of gasoline, then the car is not going to work like it was intended to work. It's not going to work in the way that it was made to work. So also you, if you put law in your being, in your heart, or in your mind, you are not going to work in the way that God created you to work. That's the point. It stirs up sin through the natural rebellion of humanity. It stirs up sin through giving you things to think about doing you never would have thought of otherwise. It stirs up sin through the religious pride that is manifested when you have been deceived into thinking that you found a way to live in obedience to it. And it stirs up sin when it takes you away from the love of God because if you are true and honest with the law that has been presented, you would need to acknowledge that God is disgusted with you and he has rejected you because of your failure, which will drive you into sin because you will have nothing other than that. That is where the sin comes from. And so you must not just remove the sin, you must remove the law that causes the sin. You must remove the law that causes the sin, not just the sin itself, but the law that causes the sin. A little law will destroy you as much as a lot of law will destroy you. And so you must remove all law in order to walk in the newness of life that our God has provided for us in the new covenant. And I will continue in the next broadcast. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,